from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 140, Top 5 Movies from 1980. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, I am here again, but again, I am not here alone. My good buddy, Travis, has decided to join me. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back, 139 and, and 140. Yeah. Okay. You- it's, it's like a... a like a team up special or something. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the special Stargins team up. It's right. as, it's as if we recorded both episodes in the same night, but that's just crazy talk. That's just crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> Who would do that? So um so yeah, so top five lists. Uh we as geeks love listing stuff, especially our favorite stuff and, and sometimes ranking them. And so I when I was doing the the best of episode, I realized some of the best discussions we had on this show and some of the most fun were when we did our top five lists. And so I put the call out there and said, you know, because I I could come up with top five lists, but I'd rather do top five lists based on what people would like to hear. And uh, so I put the call out there, and we got quite a few suggestions. And one of the suggestions was, I believe it was our friend Sam who suggested, well, why don't you guys do your top five favorite movies from the 80s? Just the 80s as the decade. And I was like, well, I like the idea of picking top five movies. If I was to do top five movies from the 80s, there would be two movie franchises that would fill my whole top five and (laughs) we would be done. (laughs) Uh, At least for me, I would be done. Um, so I was like, well, what if we went down to year by year? And I thought that would be interesting, at least. So, um, so what 
we're starting with is in this episode we're going to do our top five favorite movies from the year 1980 and then in future episodes i don't know if they'll always have their own episode but in future episodes we will tackle other years and that's not to say we're not going to tackle some of the other top five suggestions we had we certainly will this seemed like a fun one to do and like i said in future episodes we'll also tackle some of the other years and list our top five so um, Robert was supposed to join us for this episode. Uh, again, he couldn't make it, but uh, Travis and I both have our top five lists. Uh, we're he, gonna... uh, this time the bridge layer didn't lay the bridge, and he's <laughs> stuck on the other side of the river. Right, and uh, he's trying to see if he can get like AAA to send a Wookiee out or something like that to help him. So He called his buddy Torpedo, but Torpedo's in the ocean and not in like the... Or, Lake Michigan or something. Right. Like he, it just isn't working out right now. And he was going to rely on Ace to fly him out there, but Ace crashed the Sky Striker. So there it, you go. It, it's just a rough day for, for Mr. Adkins. Right. So, And then he, he tried calling Duke to see if he could get a ride from Duke, but Duke was captured. So um. it, Duke was captured, <laughs> and uh, Flint just said, Meh. I'm with whatever. my. He's like I'm with my woman. I'm I'm good. <laughs> so, and Snake Eyes wouldn't answer the phone because he can't talk. So, yeah, Snake Eyes left a voicemail, but we didn't understand what he was. <laughs> it was a lot of static and it just it's not good. So you might hear. Uh, I don't know if Robert already did his top five or not. Uh, putting it together, but you, Robert maybe in a future episode when he when he's back on will give us uh, his top five list from the movies of 1980. Uh, maybe. We'll see. But Travis and I have our top fives, and we're going to talk about them, and we'll go over from five to one, so backwards, uh, as any good top five list will do. And then afterwards, we'll, we'll talk about some honorable mentions. Now, Travis, you had a unique situation uh, when it came to movies from 1980 compared to me. So what, what was your situation with the movies from 1980? I was born in 1981, April of 1981. <laughs> so all of these movies, when you had said 1980, all of these were second runs for me, whether they had been – well, not second runs, but I didn't see any of these. In the theater. In the theater. Right. With the exception of one, but that was a special, special edition. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all of these were – like video store rentals and you kids today that's before a red box and a netflix when you could rent videos mm-hmm. um or um encore when encore was your favorite movies from the 60s 70s and 80s so okay. or a tbs saturday classic at 605 so gotcha. i these were all uh i did not see any of these in the theaters but it, 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 there i was surprised at how many that I don't want to say that I liked, but were actually from 1980. So I was yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Most of my movies I have I did not see in the theater because I was five in 1980. <laughs> At my best, I was five. I was, I was four for most of 1980 and five for the latter part of it. So most of the ones on my list, even my honorable mention list. I didn't see in the theater because if you were taking a kid to go at four to go see some of these movies, you were an evil parent. (laughs) (laughs) It was not good. It was not a smart move. Um, But I did see uh, two of them that are on my list in the theater, and I saw one of them that was on my list um, 
on my honorable mention list in the theater. But yeah, so most of them I saw them the same way you did, uh, and it's just because of how young I was. But right. Um, but yeah, so why don't we go ahead and jump right in? Uh, guests should always go first. So why don't, why don't you tell me your number five? My number five. Um, I hate to rank it so low, but um, is Caddyshack. Okay. <laughs> Has the catchy theme song and the the gopher or the mole I can't remember right now. <laughs> it was early Bill Murray. It 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 just was a fun comedy. Yeah. Like it just it 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 was good. I I liked it. You know, it was it's one of those where, like I said, I would like if it was on Encore or a movie channel. Like whenever I see Caddyshack, I just uh, just watch it. I I just enjoy. The plot and it just fun movie and it was it was my my number five just really because of, of Bill Murray I okay. love Bill Murray oh yeah great actor. he he did an amazing job of through through the whole thing very nice um, my number five was The Shining uh, I've never seen The Shining oh. <laughs> <laughs> We, it's a scary movie. It is a scary movie, um, which is why I didn't see it as a child in the theater. Um, and I, I saw it much later. And uh, like, I, like I said, this is one of those movies where if you took a four-year-old to go see it, you were something wrong with you. Um, you were going to scar that child for life. But it's uh, it came out uh, in on May 23rd in 1980. So pretty close to another movie on my list, um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, The Shining, Jack Nicholson, uh, amazing. The whole red rum, which turned spoiler turned out to be murder backwards. Uh, the creepy girls in the hallway when the kid's riding his uh, his big wheel bike. Um, the weird things that happened in the rooms, uh, which you have to see to believe, like there'd just be these glimpses of things, but it's, it's this haunted hotel that Jack Nicholson and his family are supposed to be watching during the winter season because there's not guests there during the winter season. It's just supposed to maintain it and goes a little crazy. And the, 
the reason it's number five on my list, uh, not only because of other movies, liking other movies more, but it's also because I read the book later, and the book is far superior to the movie in, in a lot of respects, because in the book, there's a, through a lot of the book, you're not sure if he's just going crazy or if there's actually something going on with the hotel. And in the movie, you kind of get an idea pretty early on that there's something going on with the hotel, <laughs> that it's not just... <laughs> being cooped up in getting cabin fever and everything else it, you know the famous line from this is when jack nicholson busts through with his axe and goes here's johnny <laughs> so uh that's where that line comes from is from the shining so uh, and from the johnny carson show but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, if you get a chance to, I don't know if you like scary movies or not. Like I know The Shining is nowhere near on Robert's list. <laughs> but if you like horror movies, uh, scary movies, like it's not really, it's hard to call it a horror movie. It's just a scary movie. It's creepy. Suspense. Yeah, suspense, thriller, creepy, that type of movie. If you like that, you would like The Shining. I may give it a shot this October. Okay. Coming um, soon. <laughs> yeah. So your number four. My number four um, is Blues Brothers. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. I, I remember, you know, once again, like this is the first uh, where first time I ever heard shout. Like, it, it, I just remember as a kid just seeing this. Like, this is the greatest song in the world, <laughs> and it just stuck with me. And then the more times I watched it as I got older, I began to uh, appreciate it more. Yeah. But. Uh, it's got so many memorable quotes. Uh, it's got so many terrible sequels. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just, you know, they're on a mission. Yeah. And it, it's... <sighs> on a mission from God. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to be on a mission, you better be on a mission from God. Right. And, you know, Aykroyd was awesome and Belushi. Like, it... it <sighs> I, you can't say enough good things about the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Oh, that's a fantastic movie. Uh, my number four is one that you've already mentioned, which is Caddyshack. So, yes. So don't feel too bad about it being low on your list. It's relatively low on my list, too. Uh, it came out on July 25th. And, uh, yeah, love it. Like you said, Bill Murray. How could you not love Bill Murray in that movie? I mean, the whole Gunga Lunga 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was hysterical. So I jump ship in Hong Kong, and I make my way over to Tibet, and I get on as a looper at a course over there in Himalayas. A looper? A looper. You know, a caddy, a looper. Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro jack. And who do you think they give me? The Dalai Lama himself. The 12th son of the Lama. The flowing robes, the grace, bald. Striking. So I'm on the first tee with him. I give him the driver. He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter, the Lama. Long. Into a 10,000 foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? No. Gunga Galunga. Gunga Gunga la Gunga. So we finish 18, and he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know? And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. <laughs> so I got that going for me. Which is nice. And it and like you were talking about with Blues Brothers, Caddyshack kinda had a bad sequel. I don't mind the Caddyshack sequel, you know, part two too much. Uh, there's moments in that that I think are very funny also, but it doesn't hold a candle to the first one. Right. Um, and like you said, when it comes on, I will watch it. Um, but it's it's just so like Bill Murray makes that movie. Like when he's hitting the flowers with his with the drivings. Uh, oh, yeah. You don't driver. know what's improv and what, yeah. you know, what's in the script. Right. And that's the great, that's the brilliance behind Bill Murray. So, um, so yeah, Caddyshack was number four on my list. So, you're number three. Number three, Superman 2. Wow, okay. This is my favorite Superman because he got to fight other superpowered beings. Yes. Like in the first one, he couldn't punch Lex Luthor. This was the first time that you saw Superman fight somebody other than you know, and it he had a he had villains that he could do this with. And uh I mean Zod and you know Neil before Zod. There are so many memes and T-shirts and oh yeah, you know it was you know he it was a love story. It was a superhero movie. Yeah, it it had really one bad part that he took his logo off of his cape <laughs> and made it into a flying net. type thing. Yeah, <laughs> but it. It just it it was good. I I yeah. liked it. It it hit. You know, as a kid, I didn't uh, I didn't much care for. You know, I, I was a typical kid. Like, why would Superman give up his powers to kiss a girl? Yeah. Like, 
Superman doesn't do that. He wants to punch people. He wants right. to fly. Well, like, and like you said, it was the first time you got to see in person him battling somebody that was his equal in, in yes. strength and powers and everything else. And now he had to face one of them. He had to face three of them. Um, yeah, it, so. it just was. It was good, and the president smoked in his office. Yes, like, <laughs> that's you don't see that today. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I love the movie as well um, for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, it's, it, it is a great movie, um, and it's it, it's especially the Christopher Reeve movies. It's my favorite one of the Christopher Reeve movies. I know a lot of people love the very first one the most, but for me, it was it was Superman too. Um, yes. So it was, yeah, like you said, the Neil before Zod was great. And I loved how they also went back to the first movie in that opening scene again and re- replayed that so you knew who these characters were and that they were banished previously and, and everything. So it just, it, it was good. And I know that they later made a Donner cut of this, yes. which I wasn't too big of a fan of. Like, I, I'm a, I, I like the theatrical cut better than. Yeah. The, the Donner version or the Donner cut that was yeah. later released and I'm with you on uh, that yeah so your uh, number three my number three uh, airplane ooh see uh, that's an honorable mention for okay uh, well Superman two was an honorable mention for me believe it or not I <laughs> it, it didn't make my list and and I was sad that it didn't make my list but these other movies had to be up there uh, higher for me uh, airplane came out July fourth. This is one of those comedies. Uh, it, so I've mentioned in the past that Ghostbusters is my favorite comedy of all time. Airplane might be my number two. Because Airplane is one of those comedies where I can watch it multiple times. And every time I watch it, I'm not even exaggerating. Every time I watch it, I see something I've never seen before. There's something going on in the background. There's something going on in the foreground. There's a comment that's made. Something is said. Something is done that I didn't notice the last hundred times I've watched it that makes me laugh. There, there are so many subtle humoristic things along with the in-your-face humor that it just cracks me up every time I watch it. And I never get tired. I laugh every time I watch Airplane. <laughs> I never, and which is why it ranked a little bit higher than Caddyshack. It's not that I don't laugh every time I watch Caddyshack. It's just that I don't, I don't laugh as much as I do when I watch Airplane because the the literal humor when they just you know tell me everything that's happened. Well, first the dinosaurs came, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but they got too big and fat, and, and like Striker, Striker, you know, and then it sounds like strike her so then someone punches a girl and right uh you got you know june cleaver speaking jive i mean <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that mm-hmm. can i get you something it's your mofo butter laying into the bone jacking me up tight me i'm sorry i don't understand cutty say can't hang oh stewardess i speak jive oh good he said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right. Would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's going to catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Chomp don't want to help. Chomp don't get the help. Say can't hang. Say seven up. Jive ass dude don't got no brains anyhow. 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. Over, under, <laughs> Roger. I, I mean I, – I remember the first time that I watched this, I actually uh, checked out the video at the uh, local library mm-hmm. and, and took it home and watched it. I think I was 15, 16 and just went – a lot of the humor went over my head. and But later viewings have definitely – like made it a, a lot better. Yeah. So. I love the whole, like, of course, you know, the, uh, surely you can't be serious. Of course I'm serious. Don't call me Shirley. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, you know, the, uh, Insert when, when did that happen? It, oh, it happened over macho grande over macho grande. No, I don't think I'll ever be over macho grande. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just all, all of those things that like, when I saw it as a kid, and I saw it when I was pretty young, um, there were some jokes that you know I picked up on right away. The striker, you know, that I picked up on that right away, and stuff like that. And uh, you know, and the, I picked a bad time to quit sniffing glue and and stuff like that. Those those in your face jokes I got right away. But the ones that were like, I'm not over. I'll never be over Macho Grande. Like. That those subtle little plays on words I didn't pick up when I was a kid, and I, I appreciated later in life. Oh yeah. So um, so that's that's why it's my number three is because I can laugh every single time. And it had a sequel, and it, it was called Airplane Two: The Sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so and I actually really like the sequel. I it's not as good as the first one, but it's like right there. It's it's almost as good as the first one um because the sequel they of course go in the space shuttle it's a it's a space (laughs) trip i admit i have never seen the sequel oh it's funny because there's a lot of futuristic jokes that are done and everything else and um and you have like uh i believe from right it's got william shatner in it and uh they go you up to, can't go wrong with Chapman. Right. Is he's perfect for it. And he's like he's he's talking uh Stryker through the whole thing of how to how to land the, the plane and or, or land the shuttle is what it is. <laughs> and uh like uh they go up to doors and they'll go shh they'll like they'll do the sound with their this, mouth. <laughs> the go, Star Trek yeah. sliding door. Okay. And then the, the slide the door slides open and then they they step through it and they go shh again and the door slides closed. <laughs> So um, yeah, I so there's to, there's to just acquire that. yeah, it's it's worth checking out because like I said, if you like the first one, I think you should like the second one. Um, like I said, there, maybe there's listeners out there and you can be vocal about this that say, yeah, the second one's horrible compared to the first one. I don't think so. I think the second one is almost as good as the first one. Um, you will definitely laugh if you laughed at the first movie. You will laugh in the second movie. Okay. Pixels in the Animation is the next cartoon review podcast series in the GeekCast Radio Network's long history of review series. We've had Transformers, He-Man, and Mask as far as the cartoon review podcasts we have done. 
Now we bring in TV's Mr. Neil as he and TFU and Mike break down nine video game cartoon series. Steve Megatron will join us for the Mega Man and Sonic episodes. We'll be reviewing and analyzing every episode of the Mario, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Donkey Kong, and Sonic cartoons. You can expect us to go in-depth and also talk about the game franchises that spawn these cartoons. So tune in summer 2013 as we find the pixels in the animation. By the power of Grayskull, I command the Jaw Bridge. Open! Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TFJ and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. So you're number two. My number two, which I feel bad for saying at number two because I feel like this is going to be your number one <laughs> because I did have one movie that, I, in my personal opinion, beat this. But my number two is Empire Strikes Back. I am I can't talk to you anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. And this is Star Joe's. And, but like I, my number one, I have a very like sentimental... like it, It's one of my favorite movies there, of all time. You, so it, it's you, really hard to... To beat my number one there's, personally. There's no excuses. <laughs> I, I, no, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it, it's Empire. What what yeah. can you what can be said about Empire that hasn't already been said right. a million times? It's arguably, depending on who you ask, right. the best Star Wars film. Which I will agree. I think Empire um, Empire is my favorite of all the the, the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. It it you know it got made because of how popular Star Wars was. And it just, it took, it took the ball and it ran and it, it just, you know, it, it just, it was just so good. I mean, Han and Carbonite and, uh, Empire. I mean, that's really all I can say. There's really, like, <laughs> Empire, like, you, you can't say anything if, else. If so. you're listening to this podcast and you don't know at The Empire Strikes Back, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> I realize we cover a lot of other properties, but come on. <laughs> right. So it's, it, it, it's Empire, and I know... Like I said, you will when when you get to your number one. Maybe I, I may be foreshadowing here, but oh, I, I, don't, I, I, don't I, think, I will keep. I think you would be shocked if it two. wasn't my number one. <laughs> really? No, I said no. I, I said I think you would be shocked if it wasn't my number oh. one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I about got I got shocked there for a second. I'm like, yeah. Oh gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think there's any any fathom of. A doubt that I I just feel bad about my first my number one because there's going to be people that just hate this movie but I've just got such a, a, a love for it. That well, I'm kind of curious if your number one is my number two, so I'll mention my number two. Okay. Uh, so my number two is.
No, it's okay. not. Okay. I love Flash Gordon, and this is the, the other one from my list that I saw in the theater as a kid. Um, so Flash Gordon came out on December 5th, so I was five years old when it came out. And I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater, so of course my parents were like, well, he likes that. This is another <laughs> science fiction movie. <laughs> Let's go see Flash Let's Gordon. go see Flash Gordon. Um, obviously, my other three movies on my list, I said there was two from my list that I saw in the theaters. Obviously, my other three I did not see as a kid. My parents would be crazy to take me to go see Airplane, Caddyshack, or The Shining. Um, but Flash Gordon, I, I love it. And it, it, I'm not going to say it's a good movie. <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. Um, I will not say it's a good movie, uh, but I love it. it. There's so many awesome moments. Obviously, Queen's music is phenomenal, uh, just for the anthem. And then you have like you have scenes where like he reaches into the, he has to reach into the um, the rock formation as part of a challenge and a test. And he then has to pull his, uh, there's like a thing that could poison him in there. And potentially, if he, if he picks the wrong hole. Uh, I, I assume you've <laughs> that, seen... That's horrible. I assume you've seen the movie, correct? It, I, it has been 12 years okay. <laughs> since I've seen Flash Gordon. Okay. So I'm not... Well, there, I, I I saw it because I knew I had to see it. Okay, it, it's one of those move not ha- like I wasn't forced, gotcha. but it's one of those movies where it's just in the echelon of of movies that you have to see. So okay. I yeah, I've seen it once, but I'm not. I'll be honest with you. I don't. Other than the theme song, I don't. Okay. remember much and I'm, I'm more familiar with Flash Gordon and Ted and then being then flipping out about <laughs> partying with Flash Gordon right. than I am with Flash Gordon the movie gotcha so there there's a scene where he's up against this prince and they challenge each other and you see it play out earlier in the movie but he they has to reach into uh, they each have to take turns it's like Russian roulette they each have to take turns reaching their hand into this rock, into different holes in the rock, and there's a creature in there that can poison them. And if you get stung with it, you're either going to die a horrible death from the poison, or you will beg that for a quick death, uh, basically. And that whole scene is so tense that it stuck with me as a child. And I think of that scene any time I have to reach my arm into something where I don't know what's in there. <laughs> I'm gonna. Di- I'm either gonna die really fast or wish I was dead really right. fast. Like when you have to reach into like a vent to grab something, or you know, you you dig a hole, or you know, something's underneath underneath a shed, and you have to reach in there. I think of Flash Gordon every time I have to do that. <laughs> um, it's terrifying. Yes. Um, Max von Sydow plays uh, Ming the Merciless. He plays a perfect Ming the Merciless. Um, this was my only exposure to Flash Gordon, and the character had been around forever. And I've read comics now of Flash Gordon. I love them, but I had never read anything before that. This movie made me want to watch the cartoon Defenders of the Earth, which had Flash Gordon in it, and it had Ming the Merciless as the bad guy. So I was like, oh, it's a cartoon with the characters I know. Um, so... Yeah, I love the movie. It's got its cheesy moments when Flash is, you know, using this little egg thing like a football because he's a football player and things like that. And uh, I love the winged 
uh, men and the guy going dive and <laughs> you know, which is another scene that most people do remember, even if it's been a while. So uh, yeah, Flash Gordon. I can't uh, like you said. It's a it's a person. It's like you said. It's a personal favorite of mine. It's got nostalgic memories for me. So I absolutely love it. Your number one. I'm very curious. My number one is is purely. 100% because of sentimental value. My number one is Popeye by okay. Robin Williams. That is not one I would have... I had a couple ideas in my head of what it could be, and that was not one of them, but Popeye is on my honorable mention list, and that is the other... That's the third movie I did see in the theater when I was a kid, so... I, I loved Popeye as a... As a boy, as a young boy, I took the pipe from my Mr. Potato Head and <laughs> I walked around with a Mr. Potato Head pipe in my mouth. I made my grandma eat five nasty cans of spinach so I could get a Popeye t-shirt because um, I had Popeye spinach. Nice. And um, the other thing about this movie, it was one of the first albums – that I had as a as a kid, as a child, okay. I had the soundtrack to this. Like my first three nice. albums were uh, the Popeye soundtrack, um, a Power Records thirty three or a large vinyl of uh, uh, Draco the Dragon and Spider Man and uh, the Mad Hatter, and uh, then the other one was the Jungle Book soundtrack. Um, but I remember as a kid just listening hours and upon hours of while coloring, like listening to the soundtrack and, and reenacting on my, uh, back porch, you know, like I am what I am. Uh, yeah. I'm Popeye the sailor man. And like when he's in the market or in the, not the market, the, uh, the, the horse race where they're, they're yes. doing the, the bets on the horse race and, you know, and he's he's questioning himself, and that's that's one of my favorite all-time songs of any musical. And uh, there was a time; it was in the summer uh, because I remember it being hot. Um, my mom was sleeping. I was maybe four, possibly five. You know, it it was before kindergarten, and I took my my mom wanted to take a nap. It was nap time. I was not ready to take a nap, so I snuck up from my nap. And I took my little Fisher-Price record player and I took it to uh, the back porch and I plugged it in because we had one power outlet. And I took my album out there, my vinyl, and I was listening to the Popeye soundtrack on the vinyl. And I got done. You know, I I would start the album and reenact. I I reenacted the whole movie on my back porch. I was just that that type of kid. And when I got done, I went in because I was hot. Well... I left my album out there, and I messed it and warped it. So I was never able to play it again from that day. Wow. So it was it was sad, but it was a cartoon brought to life. Oh, and yeah, very they, much so. They meant it. There was no, like, oh, Bluto's turned yellow, and right. the whole screen was yellow. Like, it right. was campy. Yeah, it, but it was it, fun. It, it was. It was fun, and... You know, looking back on it now, you see, you know, Popeye's walking on water, but you plainly see the plank that he's walking yes, on. Like yeah. it, it just, it, it, it was so bad, it was good. Yeah. And 
and, I, the, and the I octopus, and the octopus is kind of crazy and all that type of stuff. But I, yeah, I loved it as a kid too, and I still love it, um, especially because I mean Robin Williams plays the part so well. Um, oh yeah, you couldn't even tell like it. <sighs> If they were to make a Popeye movie now, they would not have done, like, I don't want to call it puppeteering, but making his forearms huge, yeah. they looked like forearms. Yeah. Like in his the, the his jaws or his jowls or whatever. Like, yeah. it, it, it's just fun. And the and squinty Shelley eye Duvall, and all that, yeah. Say what? The squinty eye and everything, too. Oh, yeah. But... And like I said, the the strictly the reason this is my number one is just I I have so many good memories from my yeah. childhood of of this. You know, yeah. is Empire a better movie? Definitely. But yeah. as I'm going through this and I saw Popeye, I just went, "That's it. Like yeah. nothing else is going to to beat that." Right. And and, I, and I what's I get, a Star Joe's I, list if you have a <laughs> if you don't have an odd reference or an odd movie as your number one, right? <laughs> well, it, it at least wasn't a movie that I was that I'd be blowing up about. Going, I can't <laughs> believe it. Like I loved Popeye too. I loved watching it when I was a, a kid. Like I watched it so many times as a kid, and um, it was on TV a lot too when I was a kid. So I watched it. It was on like the Family Channel yeah. and all kinds of yeah. shows. And it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I I would like to see it again. It I mean it's probably been at least a decade or more since I've seen it. So, um, but I I mean yeah, the scenes would all come back to me. I mean the whole song I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. That was brilliant. Um, so like all that, I just absolutely loved it. What am I? Some kind of judge or lawyers? <laughs> Maybe not, but I know what law suits me. <sighs> Careful, it'll ruffle me feathers. What am I? I ain't no physicist, but I know what matters. What am I? I'm Popeye, the sailor. And I am what I am, what I am, and I am what I am, and that's all that I am, because I am what I am. Uh, you got it? I think so. Yeah. And I've got a lot of muscle, and I only got one eye, and I never hurt nobody's, and I'll never tell a lie. Top to me bottom, from the bottoms to me top. That's the way it is, till the days that I drop. What am I? I am what I am. Wondering about myself, to be or not to be, who's asking? I can open up an ocean, I can take a lot of sail, I can lose a lot of water, and I'll never have to bail. With the coast come out of gas, grab the whale by the tail. What am I?
Um, so yeah, my number one should not surprise anybody. <laughs> Which is Friday the Thirteenth. No, it, uh. it is the Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. It is not my favorite movie of the Star Wars uh, original Star Wars trilogy. It's really, really close to the favorite one. It's like a one, you know. There's the one A, one B that we always talk about. But uh, it's, I mean, when someone asks me what's your favorite movie, I go Star Wars, and they're like, which, and they're like, oh, the original Star Wars. I'm like, no, like the original trilogy, because <laughs> I, it's so, yeah. it's so hard for me to just pick one of them. I love all three of the original trilogy, but yes, Empire Strikes Back, absolutely love it. Um, you get the, you know, the famous line of, you know, I love you, I know, which, you know, you find out later that that was ad-libbed on set, you know, that, yeah, I don't think, because Han, Han was to say I love you back, and it's like, I don't think Han would say I love you back. Um, so that, you know, you got Luke facing off against Vader, which you talked about last episode, you know, that this is their first meeting, you know, face-to-face, and then you get the huge reveal, you know, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the 30-some-year-old <laughs> movie, but... You know, Luke, I am your father, and no one knew that that was, was before the internet. No one knew that that was what was going to happen, and then you had to wait three years to know: is he really his father, or did he just say that? Um, you know, there was nobody out there to on the internet confirming yes, what happened in that movie that is true there, and stuff. There like was that. no public internet in nineteen. No, no, and this is the first Star Wars movie that I know for a fact that I saw in the theater. I'm not sure if I saw the first Star Wars movie in the theater. I think I did, um, but I'm. But uh, I think my dad took me in 1979 to go see it when it got re-released. Um, but I know I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater. Uh, I have very vivid memories of it. It's one of my first memories of seeing a movie in the theater and obviously it's impacted my life (laughs) to no extent uh as i mentioned in the last episode um star wars is the epitome of my entertainment like i love i love gi joe i love transformers i love comic books i love video games i love batman animated series you know there's all these things that I, the Muppets, I absolutely love and adore them, but nothing comes close to Star Wars. I mean, when you rank things in your life that are important to you, of course you have your family and your friends, and then, in you know, maybe for some people, their, their religion's next. But for me, Star Wars is next. Um, <laughs> I'm, okay. a, I, I'm a religious person, don't get me wrong, but... You know, it's family, friends, and Star Wars. <laughs> so, <laughs> in that order. In that order. Um, so, so yeah, Empire Strikes Back. There's no way it could not be on my list. It came out May 21st, so I was saying The Shining came out May 23rd. So two days after Empire Strikes Back, The Shining came out, and so I don't know how the hell The Shining ever made any money. Because um, <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Yeah, it, I. Uh, I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. But, I mean, this is, you know, kind of what I said at the beginning of the episode. Out of all the movies, I saw the special edition in the theater. So, of my, yeah. you know, of my top five, you know, this was the one that I've had a chance to see, yeah. you know, in theater. And I, you know, I, I remember uh, it was at the Dayton Mall Cinema One. And this was, at the time, the, the biggest and best theater in Ohio. This is before 
IMAX and, and all of that, it had stadium seating. It, you know, it was, it was a big to do, even yeah. in the late nineties, yeah. you know, empire was, back. Oh, yeah. I was in college when the, they did the, um, uh, the special editions and I walked to the theaters, which was several miles away so that I could see them. Uh, and the first was it uphill both ways no, in the snow? No, <laughs> I mean, no, it was in northern Ohio. Like, yeah, you could, it, it, it could be happened. right, it could be, but no, it was just that. Uh, I went with my roommates to go see A New Hope, and they had a car, so they drove. But when uh, Empire came out and Return of the Jedi came out, uh, they just I when I wanted to go see it, they weren't available, so I walked, and I think the theater was like at least five miles if not farther away oh wow um so yeah i mean nobody should ever question my star wars dedication (laughs) um so yeah i mean i i love the movies Uh, i'm excited that they're going to come out with the original version on blu-ray um which that's been announced i don't know when it's going to happen but it's it's been announced that that will happen I had Empire Strikes Back on a disc player, uh, which is before VHS. So I'm not talking about the laser disc players. There was a thing called a disc player, which came out before VHS and beta, which was, it was like a record album size. And it was in, it was like a cartridge. So like you would put it into the disc player and then you'd pull the casing out. Okay. The movie stayed inside. You never saw the movie. You just you put the case in, you pulled the case out, and it was an empty case that you had then. So and is it kind of like a multi-disc player on like a car stereo? Like a disc and like kind of, one of those? Kind of, but like it said, very archaic, very old. Okay. Um, and you would, like I said, you would, it would be the size of a, of a LP album, record album, uh, and then you, and like maybe a quarter of an inch thick. And you would slide that into a slot, and then and then you would slide it back out, and you would just have the empty case. The movie, okay. was, movie was in there. You could feel it being hollow. Um, and then you would lift this lever up that would close it in there, and when you lifted it up, it would start playing the movie. And wow. you And you could fast forward and rewind and stuff like that. The problem is, much like a record player, the after playing it several times you could get skips in the movie so uh. so it didn't i don't remember it happening with and it would always in the skips would always happen in the same place um once they started happening i don't remember it happening with empire strikes back or return of the jedi but i do remember ghostbusters it happening where uh the where egon's walking down the hallway and then he he pokes the one guy because he's getting a reading off of him in the hotel mm-hmm. Well, that scene skips for skips for me, and he like moved down the hall in like two milliseconds, and then poked the guy. So I thought that's how the movie was <laughs> until I saw it later on in life. So you saw the special edition of Ghostbusters right. with extra hall footage. But here's the interesting thing with these disc players: is it would play half the movie, and then you had to slide the case back in. And then pull it back out, and it would have the movie in there again. And then you had to flip it over and slide it back in and pull the case out and then close it up again. And it would play the second half of the movie. So this is very, like, 
alpha or beta laser disc essentially yeah because like laser disc was i i had the laser disc trilogy um and i i it, i remember doing that as well like yeah. watching half the movie and there's nothing worse than like ending yeah. the movie yeah. going crap <laughs> <laughs> so they had so the disc player came out and there was rental places that had them and you'd flip through them like you would record albums and stuff like that it was cool because you got the whole artwork on the front and everything else and it was nice and big and everything but so the disc players came out then you had beta come out and then you had vhs come out and then you had the laser discs come out and then you had dvds come out so and then blu-rays and then digital (laughs) and everything in between hd dvd yes oh my god (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, so this was like the first the first uh thing that you could own at home to play movies. So, um my parents had one and, and we had it forever. I I thought I still owned it, but I it's not in my ownership anymore. So, um but yeah, I've seen these disc players sometimes at uh certain shows I've gone to like when we went to the Columbus Toy Show one time they had one uh of for raiders of the lost ark so oh, wow which i had that on that type of format also so i had a new hope and empire strikes back in the disc format and then when return of the jedi came out is when we had a vhs so i got return of the jedi and vhs so so that that's my history with watching empire strikes back <laughs> and then that's I, awesome and then of course i got the thx version that came out when they remastered it on vhs and then i got the special editions on vhs then i got the dvds where they had the special the dvds which are tough to get now the dvds where they had the special edition and the original version yeah those are those are collector's items because those those came in under the radar yes like you nobody knew that you know that that was happening because were those weren't those walmart exclusives like i want to i don't remember I just okay. remember getting them. I just I don't even remember how when I got them or how I got them or where I got them. I just remember I just know they're on my shelf now. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that they were Walmart, or if not Walmart, like a Fye or okay. Sam Goody or yeah. whatever you know video place was yeah. out at the time. But I I want to say that those special editions with the originals and that wasn't. Uh, that wasn't advertised either, to my no, knowledge. It, no, it, it was just there because they for adver- years everyone's yeah. like, "There is no di- the only digital copy of the original trilogy is the laser disc, and that's yeah. really not the you know that's not a full digital version because there's always a cut in the middle for flipping yeah. the disc, and yeah. so there's no we're never going to get the original tri- trilogy in digitally and da da da, and then those DVDs came out. Yeah, and I believe that if you look. For them now, you're going to pay a premium to get the DVDs. Now, that will probably change once the Blu-rays come out of the original cut. Um, but, yeah, so I have the the DVDs, and then they came out with the Blu-ray edition, which I got for Christmas last year or the year before. Um, and Because uh, I didn't want to necessarily spend my own money, but I wanted to own them. And uh, so I've pretty much have gotten Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in ev- almost every version that's come out other than the Laserdisc version. So, um, but... You're welcome, George Lucas. Yes. You have, you yeah. have two 
two collectors that have openly admitted that they have bought at least three to five copies of right. all of your movies. Right. And we'll and and I know I will get the next one. That's the Blu-ray cut of the original, you know, the original version. <laughs> so. I, I, I'll do the same thing. My, uh, I, I got the, the Blu-ray box set last year for for Christmas as well. My my dad got it for me. Yeah. So I, if I haven't purchased them, I know my father and my parents have purchased yeah. multiple copies of of uh, Star Wars and Empire and yep. all of that. For my ally is the Force, and the powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land. So I've got some honorable mention movies uh, to bring up. Uh, well, yeah, let me mention the honorable mentions first. Uh, but uh, so I had Mad Max on my honorable mention list. It's a good one. Which I haven't seen in a long time, so it was on Netflix. So I thought I'd watch it, and that movie is weird. <laughs> I don't think I remembered it being so odd. Like it's it, you could tell it was low budget. <laughs> that says a lot for a 1980 movie. Yeah, um, there's a lot of jumping too in the story. Like a, they just they jump to stuff and they don't really explain a whole lot. So you don't um, have to. No, um, stir crazy. Uh, Never seen that uh, with uh, uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. I can't remember. I should look it up, but I can't remember if this is the first movie they did together. But if you ever get to watch any movie with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor in it, do it. <laughs> it's well worth watching. They are one of the best comedy duos ever. Popeye was on my honorable mention list. Superman 2 was on my honorable mention list. Uh, the Blues Brothers was on my honorable mention list. Uh, Friday the 13th was on my honorable mention list. That is on my honorable mention. Very nice. Uh, yeah, just classic. Uh, Jason does not show up. In these movies, not the Jason that we all know with the hockey mask and everything, at least. Um, there is a twist as to who is killing everyone. Uh, and even though it's a really old movie, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that maybe hasn't seen it. So, But it's, it's a very cool movie. I would be remiss if I didn't mention for our good friend John Thurman, uh, Smokey and the Bandit 2. <laughs> he loves Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Smokey and the Bandit. No, and and so I had to mention Smokey and the Bandit 2 came out in 1980. And then this is a personal favorite of mine, uh, Any Which Way You Can. Uh, Clint Eastwood movie with Clyde the, the orangutan. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but it, it's a comedy. No, I haven't. It's a comedy with Clint Eastwood, and he's, he drives around in a truck with Clyde the orangutan, and he if he wants... And it, he's all about arm wrestling uh, people. It sounds like over the top meets uh, yeah, Smokey and the Bandit three. Or I shouldn't say <laughs> I shouldn't say um, arm wrestling. It's a fight. It I don't know why I said arm wrestling. It's a fight. So he actually they, they'll be it'll be a street fight 
that people. Ooh, so it's Bloodsport. It's a Kumite yeah, with Clint Eastwood. Kind of. Um, and uh, exactly. And uh, but he's got the orangutan in the car, and anytime he wants to uh, deck someone that that's pissing him off, he'll say right turn, Clyde, and Clyde puts his arm out the window and punches the person in the face. Uh, <laughs> Because he's showing the signal for a right turn <laughs> when you're Sold. in a, when you're in mean, a vehicle. So uh, there's a biker gang that's ridic- absolutely ridiculous, and they're led by this big fat biker. Uh, so I mean, it's it's a funny movie. There's any which way you can, and any which way but loose. And I don't know which one came first and which one came second, but they're both Clint Eastwood movies with Clyde the orangutan, and it's about him fighting, and it's funny. So, I'll have to check that one out. So, those are my honorable mentions. What else did you have? Um, I had Friday the 13th. Okay. Um, just because it's it's like you said, it's it's a, a staple in horror movies, and it, it just it's one of those that, that you can watch and enjoy. My other ones, um, strictly because it was kind of controversial at the time mm-hmm. um uh blue lagoon okay uh i mean it was you know i don't know i mean i wasn't alive but i, I blue lagoon was always one of those movies that like growing up you heard about and you're like when i'm old enough i'm going to watch blue lagoon <laughs> oh yeah like, it's, a, it's a horrible movie but <laughs> you know it it there was really much to do about nothing for right. <laughs> For that movie, right? Um, and then um, there was one more, and I'm trying to well, scroll through. And the so whole fast. the whole reason to see Blue Lagoon is because of Brooke Shields. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> I didn't really want to say that because <laughs> this is on the internet. But really, it, all it was was a way to see. Yeah, see her naked. Yeah, I mean, there's no no ifs ands. Yeah, or or buts about I'll, it. I'll say it for you. It's a way to see Brooke Shields naked. <laughs> there you go. And then my last honorable mention, another horrible movie, but I've seen this more times than I care to admit on Encore. And I'm probably am not going to be asked on to the show again for nine one to, ruining my number one. Nine to five. And no, it's not nine to five. It's worse than nine to five. Xanadu? No, I've never seen that. Okay. Both of those, by the way, came out in nineteen eighty. Uh and I and I almost put honestly, I almost put it, this makes you feel any better. I almost put nine to five on my honorable mention list because I've seen it so many times growing up because my mom loved it. And I started liking it because I saw it so many times. So <laughs> you just love Dolly Parton, right? That too. So, but so, my yes. my last honorable mention, Urban Cowboy. Okay, that's not a bad one. It, it, it's not a bad one, but it's Saturday Night Fever. Sure. With line dancing. Sure. <laughs> So, I'm not saying I'm going to watch it. I'm just saying I can understand you putting it on an honorable mention list. I'm, I'm all right with that. It's uh, John Travolta, man, in now, 1980. Now, had you put it on your top five list, I probably would have lost my mind. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> honorable mentions are good for like movies where you're like, yeah, I liked it. It's 
but it you know it's not going to make a top five list. <laughs> oh no, it, it's it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Urban Cowboy is definitely yeah like. I, I rate Urban Cowboy with A Star is Born. Like, I enjoy yeah. A Star is Born, but it's just another one of those, like, guilty pleasures. It's like, yeah. I hate that I like A Star is Born with Barbara Streisand. Now, I've looked ahead at uh, up to 1985, just kind of getting an idea of, like, what movies would I be pulling from. 1982 and 1984 are going to be really tough years for me to do my top five on. <laughs> just telling people that out front. Uh there was a lot of movies I was like, ooh, how do I not put that on my list? But I already have five. Um, so we did get an email that I wanted to read particular for this episode. Uh, our, our buddy, Jason Adams, who emails us often, who is one of those people I know I've mentioned previously. Like, There's some people that I consider friends who I've never had the opportunity to meet face-to-face. Jason is one of those people. So I've interacted with him a lot, but I've never had the pleasure of actually meeting him yet. So, uh, but I had mentioned he says, "Hey, when's a new episode coming out?" And I told him, you know, soon <laughs> that we're going to be recording. <laughs> I told him we're going to be recording soon and everything. And he says, "What are you guys going to be talking about?" And I mentioned the top five movies from 1980. And he says, "Hey, would you care if I sent you my top five list?" And I said, "No, that's fine." I said, "I'll read it on the air and everything." So. He sent an email with his top five, um, so I'll go ahead and read the email, and uh, and we want to hear from you guys, like what top five movies were, were your favorites from 1980, or even just your top one or two, if you can't think of five. Um, I will tell you, if you go to the a website called thenumbers.com, you can see all the movies that came out from any year, so that's the website I used to know what even was out that year. Um, so... Jason sent out an uh, email saying, Greetings, star bitches, and Elaine. <laughs> he says, I am writing with my top five movies for 1980. I was born in 1977, so 1980 was just barely in my wheelhouse. Now, when I like a movie, it's just because I like it. It's not because it has a social message or incredible special effects. It's because it was en- I was entertained. Ryan is probably going to throw a fit, but I don't care. Ryan throws fits. It's what he does. <laughs> Without further do-do, here is my list. So number five for him was My Bodyguard. He says, what an awesome movie. Chris make Chris Makepeace, Matt Dillon, and introducing the totally badass Adam Baldwin. I think this movie made me want to root for the underdog. Go Houston Texans. I've never even heard of The Bodyguard. Um... When you said the bodyguard, I was thinking Whitney Houston and yeah. Kevin Costner. This is my bodyguard, not the bodyguard. <laughs> um, I, still, yeah, <laughs> I thought the same thing. So, um, and his number four, I didn't, I never heard of either. So I feel bad for he knows that I'm upset about his list for the same reason I'm upset with you about your list. But, <laughs> but I he can we'll call it even because I didn't know his top five, his number five and I don't I don't know his number four which is a movie called Seems Like Old Times which is a comedy uh, he says Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn which sounds good to me yeah. uh, he says ensuing hijinks I dare you not to love this movie so uh, his number three was Caddyshack. He says, I love it because it's Caddyshack, bitches. (laughs) He says, this movie taught me that the world needs ditch diggers too, Danny. (laughs) Which is a classic line from that. Um, He's put number two, Empire Strikes Back. Calm down, Ryan. (laughs) 
Yes. He put that in capital letters. <laughs> he said, this movie is damn near perfect. There is only one problem. It's not Return of the Jedi, which I can appreciate because, like I said, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. So his number one was Friday the 13th. I know that Jason loves horror movies. Like we've him and I have talked about them before. So, um, so he says, look, the budget was low and the acting sucked, but it was fun. <laughs> he said the Friday the 13th series is something I can watch when my attention is needed elsewhere. Uh, it's not simple, so don't mock. I'm not simple, so don't mock me, Ryan. Uh, M O O N, that spells Jason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he said, Happy New Year's, New Year, guys. He said, I hope to hear a lot of new shows this year and a lot more Chuck. Said, I love you, bitches, hard. Jason Adams, the unused fourth host. <laughs> so. We love you, medium, instead of hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, bitches. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I thought it was cool. So, like I said, I want to hear from you guys out there. We do have a lot of other emails and a lot of other listener feedback uh, that I want to wait till at least Robert or Chuck are on the show because uh, a lot of it pertains to stuff that with, like, the Best Of episode or the 50 Years of G.I. Joe episode and stuff like that. So, if you didn't, obviously, if you sent us some feedback or an email or something like that, and you haven't heard me read it yet, I have it here. I swear, I, I mean, I can even tell you right now, I have, uh, there's another email from Jason Adams uh, from earlier, or later part of last year that I didn't read uh, that I think he would get a kick out if I read it. Uh, Andre, I got some feedback from him. Uh, Andy uh, Babcock and Dennis Aspero, I got some feedback from the Pop Culture Leftovers guys. They sent it over to me. Uh, Mike uh, Fezik's uh, Sedinary, I have some uh, message from you that you sent in, uh, Sean Dearden, um, and Matt. Uh, so I've got all your guys' emails and messages that you sent to us to read in a future episode. I haven't forgot. I got it printed out right here, so I won't forget. Um, so just look forward to that. But if you guys can send us more messages, hey, we might make a whole episode out of just that. But uh, Travis, you have anything else you wanted to mention or plug away or anything like that? If you're in the Ohio area, uh, consider coming to Gem City Comic Con last weekend of March, March 27th, 28th, or 28th and 29th. Uh, 28th and 29th. It's a good show, local show based on comics. Um, Very cool. So uh, think of that. Um, Travis will be there. Maybe. Maybe. I, I have True. a, you have a, baby, I have a baby due that week. So <laughs> You have a baby coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I plan on being there, but if... Life if might a, throw you a curveball. Right. So, um, but if not, good show. They have announced um, that uh, Rob Liefeld is the guest of honor. So I Alrighty know that he's... <laughs> It's a good or bad thing to be Rob Liefeld, but the man created Cable and created Deadpool. So, right. <laughs> um, One thing I wanted to throw out there is a webcomic that I came across recently. Uh, it's been out for a while, uh, but I just recently came across, and I think it was Robert's sister that actually posted uh, an image from it or something like that. And I was like, 
and it was like they the artist did some posted it and it said um i think it was the artist that posted it but it was like a merry christmas type thing but it was mm-hmm. using an image from the web comic and i was like what's this image from is this from something and i said i apologize to be ignorant about it and he's like oh it's from my web comic and he he uh gave me a link to it and i was like i'll go check this out and i looked at it and it reminded me of a little bit of skyward which i love obviously we've mentioned it on the show many times and it reminded me of telos which is also similar to, to skyward and everything and telos came out first but but it's about it's called um the only living boy and you can find it by going to the hyphen only hyphen boy hyphen uh comic dot com uh, oh i'm sorry the hyphen only hyphen living hyphen boy dot com you can also google search the only living boy comic and you'll come across it but it's it's a web comic so it's free so you can go on there they accept donations of course uh to help it keep going the creators are david gallagher g-a-l-l-a-h-e-r and steve ellis uh, which are no strangers to to comic the comic industry. Uh, if you're if you know a lot of comics, you might come across their names before. But it the art style is really cool. It's about a little boy, not a little boy, but like a preteen boy or early teen boy who runs away, sleeps in the in the local park, and when he wakes up, he's in he finds himself in a completely different world. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, um, and he, he like, it's interesting cause he ends up getting captured. I read only the first issue, but the first issue was about 50 pages long. So I got a really good feel. I also found it interesting that there is a character and this is how it kind of relates to the show a little bit. There's a character named Thea and she's a beautiful teenage fairy princess from a mysterious insect race and the insect race is like similar name to the sectars like it's not it's not exactly sectars but i think it's like sectarians or something like that and it just reminded me of the sectars which was an 80s property and the fact that she's part insect and part humanoid uh it, it reminded me of that as well so i don't know if they pulled any inspiration from that or not but it just it made me think of that so it's it's a fun story it's an adventure story if you like those type of stories where a a boy is finds himself in a mysterious land type of story uh fantasy land and the also the land is being ruled by a dragon so that's kind of cool too (laughs) um but there's all these weird creatures like if you're someone that likes the dark crystal or labyrinth or wizard of oz or Alice in Wonderland, those type of stories, you'll like this. This has got a little bit more action than that, but but it's definitely a, a fun type of adventure story. So I'm looking forward to reading more. But I wanted to uh, post uh, or make a comment about it because I, I really enjoyed re- reading it, and I'm looking forward to reading even more. Um, but with that, let me go ahead and give our information. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at theforumforgeeks.com. You can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Uh, you can like us uh, on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, 
Let's see, I'm trying to think of anything else. You can listen to us on the GeekCast Radio Network. You can also listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Uh, it's a free, Stitcher Radio is a free app for your mobile devices. And uh, you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites on there. You can also find us on iTunes. Please leave us an iTunes review. We would really appreciate that. Again, we're really close to 500 likes on Facebook, so I'd love to get there uh, very soon. So please go on there and you can see we post a ton of content every day, whether it's just silly photos or I do comic reviews on there. There's just a lot of fun stuff to be seen on there. So uh, we will have our, to my knowledge, we're going to have our Roadhouse Awards uh, for the best stuff from 2014 it'll probably be sometime in february that we'll do the nominations and i would like to nominate gi joe and transformers by tom sealy um as worst stories of the year <laughs> greatest comic all time ever it gets the roadhouse award for amazing for worst story <laughs> i can tell you it's gonna make a category <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's not going to be the category you want it to make. <laughs> um, but Best I, Fever Dream comic of 2014. Yeah, no. So, anyways, you're not a host. You don't get to nominate. Oh, you get to vote. Write in, write in. You can do a write in, but you're not going to win. I, uh, I, I understand. Unless enough people write in, you just never know. All right, so uh, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.